Hunger Games Fan Podcast, episode number 46. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hunger Games Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here, my friends, because, well, we have finally, finally finished reading Mockingjay. Yes, we did. And we are here to cover Chapter 27, the final chapter of this book, and... The epilogue, which this is going to be a short episode potentially because there's not a whole lot there. No, there's not. But it is the it is the finale. It is the wrapping up of this series. And I'm looking right now, Stephanie, I'm going back into our archives. We started with Hunger Games Chapter One, Episode One of this podcast on April 30th, 2011. Mm hmm. It is now September 6, 2012. It's taken just a little while. Just a little bit. I told get, you it's been about a year and a half. To get through these three books, but it has been a fun journey, and I absolutely love how the book ended. Uh, it and, and by the way, uh, I, I am so excited that Gail is out of the picture. Out. And that Peta and Katniss, of course, do end up together, as they should, as I knew all along that they would. The only thing that's a little bit different is is I thought that uh, I kind of had this feeling that Katniss would take on some kind of responsibility as leader beyond that. But uh, it seems that she kind of just... Uh, becomes Nobody f- knows what to do with her. Yeah. But anyway, so how do we get there? I mean, what happened? Of course, in the last episode of this podcast, we left off with the end of chapter 26. She was brought in to have the final pleasure of assassinating President Snow. And instead of doing that, she did the only thing that she felt necessary, which is to get rid of somebody who is an equivalent threat to the future of a halfway decent society that could be built out of all of this president coin who who promotes this idea that you know what we're going to go ahead and institute one more hunger games using the children of the cat people the head leaders in the capital what a ridiculous idea and and katniss did what uh she felt was needed she had to do this was still as far as she was concerned it was still war Mm -hmm. uh you know President Coyne had uh, pretty much, you you know, she had laid low until the opportunity was there. I believe she used Katniss. Absolutely. Left and right. She sent PETA to kill her. Uh, there's no question about that. She nope. certainly put Katniss. Which is sad because she underestimated. She underestimated the hold that those two have on each other. Yeah, she did. She did. Anyway, so she had just shot President Coyne mm-hmm. and, of course, left, you know, Suzanne Collins left no 
question as she's to whether dead. or not she's going to make it through. She did. She's dead. <laughs> All right. So what happens? Chapter 27. No wonder nobody bothered to have me practice. He's 10 yards away. Actually, that was the, the, the last chapter. Uh-huh. No. So what happened? She shoots. And the first thing she hears is snow's laughter. Snow's laughter. <laughs> because he know. I mean, he knows that. She did what she thought she had to do. Right. And that now he that that she believes him and the things that, you know, they did agree never to lie to each other. It doesn't mean that they weren't out to get each other. But um, there was never even any. um, There was never any hiding about that fact. Yep. And um, the one thing she does is she, she realizes, okay now. You know, I I know what's going to happen. I, I I've done the unimaginable. Uh, if if I allow them to capture me, which they certainly will capture me, they will probably torture me. If they don't torture me, then they're going to use me for something else. I am done with this. You know, um, you know, th- there's nothing that can be done. I, and and so she goes to uh, rip off her sleeve with her teeth to get to the nightlock pill. Uh-huh. She's ready to take it and to end her life. And the only problem is, is that PETA gets in the way. He does. He puts his hand over it and <laughs> she ends up biting him. But um, but she says, let me go. And he says, I can't. And I think that those two phrases just, I don't know. I think they say more than just right. what they say. Right. And so she so. starts screaming for, you know, that, that, that other guy. What's his name? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but wanting him to take the shot to end it all only. Um, he's, he's he's not he's there not to do it. And, and, she didn't and do it for him. She's like, that's it. I didn't do it for him. Sorry, excuses for hunters and friends, both of us. You know, um, I'm on my own. And so they handcuff her. I love that they blindfold her and take her through all of these. Diff- I mean. She talks about going down long hallways and um, on elevators and everything. And she ends up in the room that she stayed in. The training before center. The, in the training center before the Hunger Games in the Up on the 12th, 12th floor, the penthouse yeah. suite. Right. And and so she ends up in that same room. Only the bed's been stripped. Everything. There's no clothes in the closet. Like, here's the thing. Like, why did they think to take her there? Or... Did they? I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand why they put her in there. Well, I think for their torture. No, I don't think so. I think that that obviously we know that there was a trial that while she was in there, there was a trial going on her trial. She was in there for months, she says, Um, weeks, 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 days and weeks. And yeah, that it just drug on. It just drug on. But anyway, she was in there. And I think that the probably it was the best place to put them because you can imagine with these quote unquote tributes being brought to true. the training center. It's already been kind of suicide proof, if you will. Very true. You know, because I, I, you would imagine. And you can me, watch them. You can already watch her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I, I think that the that was the logical place to put it, especially since she had attempted to commit suicide. The next few you know bits of this chapter is just how much she wants to end her girl is so prone to dramatics yes i mean for real my name is katniss everdeen why am i not dead i should be dead it's best for everyone if i could die and so here's the thing i'm gonna go ahead and and uh i'm hungry 
So she eats, she takes the pills that they give her, she rubs the salve on her skin, and um, and now I'm going to focus on the manner of my suicide. Right. <laughs> I'm she, just like this girl. I just want to shake her sometimes. And so basically she says, okay, the only thing I can do is just give up. I resolve to just lie on my bed without ever eating, drinking, or taking my medications. And by golly, if I'll, I could do it too, just die if it weren't for... The, the morphling withdrawal. Right. And so, of course, she's now addicted to this morphling. She's Well, she's been on it for, I mean, think back. For a long time. She's been on it for a long time, on and off, you know? And um, and so you can imagine that her system has... Become addicted. Has become addicted, right. Yep. So this is where we learn that it's now been days and weeks, you know, and all this other stuff that's going on. And the only voice that she hears is her own. Oh, she starts singing. Yeah, and she does. And 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 I I kind of got bored. It's like okay, so she's singing, yeah. blah blah blah. This is well, no, this go. was a big deal because there why was, is it because what? Well, because after her dad died, her mom forbid singing, and so there wasn't allowed. And you know, with all the tragedy that's been going, there's not a lot of music in her life, but, right? And and so but now she, she started, starts singing. Well, and as a way to, she's alone, I and I think she's as a going way delirious. To like, Yes, I agree with you, but it's also a way, I think, to comfort herself. Mm-hmm. I do. It It's not a sign that she's gone mad. I think it's like a, it's, it's like a self-soothing kind of thing to her. Right. This is what she finds comforting. She's obviously been monitored because Plutarch later says, you know, hey, I've, I've got an idea. <laughs> we, you know, we could do the singing thing. Right. I love that she put American Idol in, in this stupid book. American Idol is in there? What? A singing competition. Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't that like all that's on TV sometimes? That's true. Okay. They keep coming up with more and more singing competitions. Well, they have, yeah, they have to they have to keep entertaining people with their communications, right? Yeah, I guess. So how difficult can it be to arrange the execution of one murderous girl? She's like, come on, get on with it. And they don't. So she continues on with her own annihilation. Well, finally, Hamage comes around and he says, oh, your trial's over. Come on, we're going home. And uh, Plutarch, of course, comes in as well. He's like, hey, you must have a million questions. Uh, And of course, she does. And we get an overview of what's been going on. Uh, and, and that's what I love about staying true to the one person perspective here, mm-hmm. because that's what we're forced to do in this chapter. It's kind of like days, weeks. I, it's, it's this, it's this, this, this with real without really knowing what's going on. But then Suzanne Collins, uh, you know, brings in Plutarch and Hamish to kind of fill in those gaps, fill in those gaps. And I like that. Yep. So I've basically, never seen Plutarch in such a good mood. <laughs> He's positively glowing. <laughs> exactly. And so here she's thinking, you know, they're going to torture her. But in fact, they, they've they had this trial and everybody's come to her defense, including this new Dr. Aurelius, which, you know, it, it's so crazy how much is like tied to the Roman kind of names. It, and- it is. It is. It's very much like that. But I love that um, he's earned his naps by presenting me as a hopeless, shell-shocked lunatic. Because he would come and he would sit and ask her and she wouldn't talk after Prim died and she wouldn't and he would take a nap. Yeah. And so now he's earned those naps by getting her. I do love that Paler was nominated as president. Yes. I think that 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 was a perfect decision for the next president. I agree. To put this country together. I agree. I absolutely love that. And and I, I've grown to really like Paler through the 
through this story. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, not now. We're in the sweet period where everyone agrees that our recent horrors should never be repeated, he says. Um, and then, but the collective thinking is usually short-lived. We're fickle, stupid beings with poor memories and a great gift for self-destruction. Now, of course, this is supposedly Plutarch uh, speaking here, but it's really Suzanne Collins. Right, absolutely. This is is her mindset. This is her worldview. This is the way that she thinks. And uh, and I I believe this whole trilogy is her way of saying, this is the way I see us heading again. Mm -hmm. I I mean, we we look back and we think about the gladiators and and stuff like that in the Roman Empire. I I see us moving towards that stuff again. Right, absolutely. You know, I um, was talking with... uh, um, a friend of ours yesterday and well, Sarah and I were both were and um, has, she's never read the books and she sat down to watch the movie with her husband and um, she couldn't, she couldn't handle it. She left after um, the bloodbath at the cornucopia because she's like, I just, I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't take that. And, um, and I told her, I said, you know, first off, watching the movie without having read the book, you're not getting a lot of the story of why this is going on. And, you know, they do um, have an issue with not explaining things well right. in the movie. Like there, um, there were a couple of things that we commented on when we rewatched it the other night where they just don't explain why that's happening or why that's important Yeah, I think as they, well as they, in the book. They make too many obsessions. Uh, uh, assumptions that people will understand the boy with the bread. Right. That's that's a very big one. And unless you explain the boy with the bread, no one's going to understand that. Right. I think um, you could push it, you, if you if you watch it more than once and you see they put enough in there where the smartest of the smart people who are ca- really right. paying attention will put it together. But that even that's right. a stretch and you're depending on a lot. So but here's the thing is that she couldn't watch it and she'd never read the books. And so Sarah and I were telling her about the book and how if she gave the, the trilogy, you know, a try, um, parts of it are difficult to read, but it has a ver- it very much has um, a redemption quality to it. And, and she's like, but I just I can't get past these things happening. And I can't. And I said, I told her, I'm like, you have a very sheltered view of the world because some of these things are happening right now around us. Mm-hmm. Like these things are very real. She didn't just make this up. I mean, some of it's made up, yes. But based on things that are actually happening in our world today. Yeah. You know, and um, and so this is very much Suzanne Collins' view of the world. Yep. I mean, absolutely. But I can't say that she's that far off base. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, there there are some things that, you know, where there are some stretches there. But I would say in other places in the world that, that I, I could see this kind of stuff happening. And so, yeah, anyway, let's get That's back into the, the story. There's no obstacle now to taking my life, but I seem to be waiting for something. And, of course, she's back at home. Uh, they've dropped um, they dropped off uh, Plutarch in, Haver- in two. Uh, three or four. Okay. Anyway, they dropped three. off. Yeah, they and then Hamage comes home and she's like, you know, why are you there? And well, learns that they don't know what to do with me either. When in fact he's been assigned to babysit her. Exactly, and of course that's kind of funny because he's not going to be babysitting much of anyone. Right. This doctor has been assigned, but she realizes to do follow up visits and by phone. Right. Because Uh, who would go to twelve? Exactly. But um, 
But this is when she realizes that her mother's not coming back. Right. And um, and that Hamage has been, you know, sent yeah. home to look after her. And he says, see you tomorrow. And she's like, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> right. So um, I just can't. I can. But um, I think that they went, you know, the whole way with they never gave her mother a name. You know, she never named her mother. It's always my mother because I so wanted to see that relationship really um, have a point of growing. And there was one point where we did see a connection. Yeah. But it never went. It never went past that. Um, well, I it didn't. Okay. Yeah, I think I mean, you're right. I, I honestly, I don't think that it did. Uh, th- I don't know. I think that there. Obviously, the book is is not telling you every detail of every day and every conversation her and her mom had. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they're having them. I think I think there's some insinuation that during the time from 13 through that, I, I think that she's maybe had a lot more connection with her mom. The she fact- was running and hiding in broom closets. She's not having connection with people. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But as a mom, I can't imagine... Well, I can't imagine losing any of my children, but I can't imagine not wanting to be around one of them because I lost another one. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I, and I don't think that that's what it would. I don't think, I think that's, that's exactly what it is. She's not coming back to 12 because of all of the things that are not there anymore. Right. It's even said in the book. Right. And and I guess is Katniss not enough for Katniss you is not on? enough for her. Yeah, that's that. I, I and that's sad and it's depressing and it makes her a lousy mother. She is a lousy mom and I'm she glad is. she didn't hook up with Peter's dad. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the doctor is calling because, because the phone rings, but she doesn't answer it. Right. And, you know, all of that stuff was boring, I thought. But Greasy Say is sent to cook her meals, whether she's doing it because she's being a nice neighbor or because she's being paid by the government is yet to be determined by Katniss, but um, but she shows up twice a day to feed her. Yeah. Not only to fix the food, but she makes sure she eats it as well. Right. And that horrible feline comes back. And the cat comes back. Yeah. And, um, but they bond. They do. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I don't be like kind. cats. I know you don't. Um, but for anybody who's out there who's wondering, um, I'm allergic to cats and they make me swell up like balloons. Right. So, she's back to having nightmares, and um, yeah. Well, I didn't highlight the, any of this stuff. Because I know you didn't. Is but just, the nightmares never ended, right? Never. Um, and we find out in the epilogue, never. Right, but but Peter comes back. This is the only thing that matters. Peter comes back, right? And the, yes. and so he's back, and he is Peter. He is Peter. There are still sometimes when you can see that he's. You know, fighting back the flashbacks and stuff like that. But for the most part, he's there. Um, you know, she, she, before, you know, there is this one point where... This is how you know that Peter's back. He plants primroses for her outside of her window. Yes. That's a PETA thing to do. That is, It is a PETA thing to do, which is, is why they're meant for one another. That other guy, however... Is nowhere to be found. He's, right. he's in like District 2 doing some things. So, she, Peter plants the primroses. I love this part. I really do love this part. And... Um, he gives her the... It, and just that alone helps her fight her way back to life. It, it does begin to to um, fight her way back. and But she goes up to her room and she finds the rose that Snow left there for her. 
Yeah. Um, and she takes it and um, vase and all. And she throws the rose in the fire and she's like, fire beats roses again. That was awesome. I that was like fantastic. That. Um, I like that part. And then she smashes the vase against the floor for good measure. Exactly. Um, and she goes and she tries to scrub that rose stench off of her. Yep. And, um, and I think that that is more than just the smell of the rose, but so much into everything that she's been through since she entered since she volunteered um, for Prim in the first hunger. I mean, the, 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 the scent of the rose means so much more than just the scent of the rose. Right. Like to me. I yeah. don't know if it does to you, but it does to me. Yeah. So. Anyway, so, so the other guy's in two. He's, he's finally out of the lives of, of PETA and Katniss, which is good. And uh, we're, I'm very happy about that. I just want to answer Brad's question. I was going to ignore Brad's question. I'm going to answer it. I figure it. that we've answered it out of I don't care. 46 episodes. I'm sure we've already clarified why we don't like yes. the one guy. And I'm pretty sure that as a guy, Brad's not going to get this. Okay, why? Okay, because he's a guy. Okay. But I can tell you why I love PETA so much. He's, the, Brad's question in the chat room is, um, why do you guys like PETA so much? I don't get it. The other guy was out fighting for all of them. So PETA can continue to be wimpy. Um, and then here's the thing. As a girl, I can tell you as a girl, PETA was fighting for her. That's right. That's all that matters. Yep. I am 34 years old. I still want to be pursued. Yep. I still want Cliff, my husband, to stand up for me in a situation I don't want him to fight for our whole street or I, I want him to fight for me. Show me that you care about what's going on. Yep. That is why I, Stephanie, love PETA. Yeah. He fought for Katniss. He and, and, and not just in the arena. This is this in is every standing up to his mom and, you know, burning bread on purpose so he could throw it to her because she was starving and to take it back to her family. This guy has loved her, has been devoted to her, has been loyal to her since the first time he heard her the, sing. Exactly. They were meant to be together. And lo, and that other guy um, <laughs> can take his two bullet wounds and stay in two. There you go. <laughs> that is why I love PETA. PETA always fought for Katniss. PETA and, and Katniss were made for one another. They are in love with and one And you another. can call that wimpy if you would like. Yeah. I choose to call it other things like romantic and um, special and what you want from a man. I. Yeah. Yeah. He, he always put Katniss first. It was. It, it, that was. That was his primary objective. His. He was. That's why I like. Um, he was devoted to her. He was. He was all, uh, at all times, and you know, if, and and he and by the way, he even when he, he was he digging the the cuffs into his wrist and causing himself physical pain so that he didn't kill her. Yeah, and and do you get it? I'm. I so hope you do get it, Brad, because right. it's not that I just. I'm not just picking on Gail because it's fun. <gasps> you said his name. I was I hoping we would get through oh, this sorry. entire episode. I'm, I'm going to have to bleep that but, out. Um, it, it's not that I'm just picking <laughs> on him for, for fun or to I annoy am. people. or I anything. am. A, I'm doing both of those. I, as a girl, 
<laughs> just love Peter Moore. I, I, I as a guy, like more, Peter Moore. Peter but I do the more, other ones on purpose, too. Yeah. Peter is more of what I would want in a significant other yeah. than Gail. Not to mention, you said it again. I'm sorry. Get over it. And that other guy happens to be the one who gave the whole idea about creating, you know, the the snares to bring back the medical people and to destroy them too, which happens to have killed. Brad wants to know if you're taking notes. Taking notes? Oh. Clearly not. I, I pursue. <laughs> this is why I read books with characters like PETA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Whatever. Ah, oh, funny. So we do find out that he took a fancy job in um in District Two, and that uh, Gracie yeah, Say that. sees her on te- sees him on television every now and again. Yeah. So so here you go. Peta bearing a warm loaf of bread. The boy with the bread brings bread. Shows up um, with Greasy Say. She makes us breakfast, and I feed all the bacon to Buttercup. What? Seriously, this what is tragedy. What a waste of bacon. Seriously. I'm thinking, you feed all the bacon to the cat? What That a is a tragic way to end this story. I'm just saying. <laughs> Here, I thought this was a I wonderful ending. She was giving... Um, she gave bacon to a cat. <laughs> it was more of a peace offering. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I tell him my idea about the book and a large box of parchment sheet shows up. Talking about the doc. She's talking to the doctor on the phone now. So she wants to make a memory book. She did. And mm-hmm. and she so that's exactly. And she says, you know what? We need to start writing down. We need to all these things that would be a crime to not remember. Right. And uh, she lists them out. All the stories of the people who gave their lives, who were so brave so that she could share these stories. And hopefully, uh, you know, that, that you know, that to remember these people and what they sacrificed, but also to hopefully make sure that people understand this is what happened. And this is why we must never do this again. And I love the idea that she would spend the the next several years of her life documenting all of this stuff. Right. So we find out, you know, Finnick and Annie had a son. Yes. And um, and that just makes me sad and happy all at the same time because I loved Finnick and I did not want to see him die. Right. I would have much preferred somebody else to stay down there and and be eaten by mutts, but yeah, she chose it to be Finnick. So, um, and by the way, I just wanted to say I don't think that we explained this, but we do happen to be recording this final episode live in front of a live internet we audience. We are, which is something that we don't normally do. We don't normally do so. that. But if anybody's wondering, it's like who in Cliff? I did, who's who this, are they talking who's to? Brad. <laughs> Brad happens to be in our chat room listening to us live as we're recording this final episode for our well, final episode for Mockingjay. So they we'll work talk on a little the bit book. about the future of this podcast right. in a minute. So anyway, they're, so they're, they're working the on the book and and they learn to keep bi- busy. Um, Peter bakes and I hunt and Hamish drinks liquor <laughs> until it runs out and then raises geese until the next train arrives. Fortunately, the geese can take pretty good care of themselves. We are not alone. A few hundred others return because whatever has happened, this is our home. Yeah. And I love this. Peter and I grow back together. There are still moments when he clutches to the back of his chair and hangs on until the flashbacks are over. I wake screaming from nightmares of mutts and lost children, but his arms are there to comfort me. And eventually 
his lips. On the night, I feel that thing again, that hunger that overtook me on the beach. I know that it would have happened anyway. That what I need to survive is not Gail's fire kindled with rage and hatred. I have plenty of fire myself. What I need is the dandelion in the spring, the bright yellow that means rebirth instead of destruction, the promise that life can go on no matter how bad our losses, that it can be good again. And only PETA can give me that. Only PETA. I love that. I just, I love it. So after when he whispers, you love me real or not real, I tell him real. I just, I love that part. I do. do. That was a great Um, way to end it. I have to tell you, I honestly thought that she was going to end it um, alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That would have been tragic. I I, I I didn't didn't think there was never from, from the minute we're introduced to PETA. Um, as as being the person that's going into the first Hunger Games, knowing the story of the bread, I knew from that moment there was never a question who she would end with at the right. at, at the end of the story. Matter, and I there was never a question of whether Peta's life was in danger for the story because I knew from the beginning that it would be Katniss and Peta. It's going to be Katniss and Peta. That's the story. I know that the love triangles there. Honestly, I think the love triangle was a little forced. I do too. I, I think I, it was played up. I don't. I think it was totally hyped up just because she felt like the there that the element of a love triangle needed to be there, which I don't think it did. But um, it, 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 but I could tell that she didn't even go very difficult. It, it, it's like she knew. She knew. Right. You know what? The guy, the other guy. Um, I I I I'm not saying he's a terrible person. I don't like him. But uh, I just say that because I know some of you really do and it bothers you. And I like to rile you up. Um, and that's okay because I can do that. It's a fictional story. He's not real. And uh, that's all there is to it. But anyway, this other guy, I'm not saying he's a horrible guy. I'm not saying he doesn't have great qualities. But he is never, ever, 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 never in a million years did he have a chance of being with Katniss. Right. Not ever. They were too much alike. They were like brother and sister. That's they were the too much alike. That's the only kind of relationship they could have ever had was a brother and brother sister type relationship. That kind of friendship. And I'm so thankful that in the end, they're separated by a minimum of 10 districts or nine <laughs> districts. Anyway. Just say it. You're so funny. So, so th- they play in the meadow. Dancing girl with the dark hair and the blue eyes. The boy with the blonde curls and the gray eyes. Struggling to keep up with her on his chubby toddler legs. It took 5, 10, 15 years for me to agree. But Peta wanted them so badly. When I first felt her stirring inside me, I was consumed with terror. That felt as old as life itself. Only the joy of holding her in my arms could tame it. Carrying him was a little easier. But not much. And of course, we're talking about... Their children. Their children. And her concern over over having to tell her kids about what happened. Yeah. And Peter tells her not to worry because they have the book. And yeah. they have each other. And that... Um, Indeed. That, that, that they'll, they'll, they'll make it. They Indeed. will. They will make it. And that, my friends is the end of Mockingjay, the end of the trilogy for The Hunger Games. 
and it is not the end of this podcast. Although you will not get a new episode of the Hunger Games fan podcast for Until quite November of quite 2013. Um, we did this with the Twilight Saga podcast. You know, we covered all the books and we covered the movies as they came out. And uh, the last episode of the Twilight Saga podcast was Breaking Dawn Part 1, which was last November. And the next one will be this November. Exactly. And when so when new movies come out for the Hunger Games um, movies, we'll come back to this podcast. So um, we're that's it. You know, we're, we're done reading the books. We've covered them here. Uh, folks can go all the way back to episode one, go through the entire trilogy of the books. Fortunately, it won't take a year and a half for anybody to do that now, uh, unlike it did for me. But um, I'm so delighted that we've made it through this. I'm glad that we read the books. I am so excited about the movies. I am looking at the casting for the next uh, movie, Catching Fire. It's looking like it's going to be pretty awesome now the thing is is i believe that they started out on a pretty low budget with hunger games and the popularity of the the movie hunger games i think was so much that i think that we're gonna see a major improvement movie after movie after movie for the rest of the series so when there are new movies there'll be new new episodes of this podcast but uh thank you so very much for tuning in to the Hunger Games fan podcast. I hope that you have um, told other people about it. All you have to do is tell them to go to HungerGamesPodcast.com. Again, that's HungerGamesPodcast.com. You can get all episodes from beginning to all the way up through to this one. And uh, even more if there's been other movies, depending on when you're hearing my voice right now but anyway um i want to let you know a couple different things first i want to tell you that if you ever want to learn how to podcast yourself you want to create your own fan podcast for hunger games or anything else that you're a fan of a television show a movie series anything um or if you want to create a podcast about any other passion or for your business learn how to podcast.com that is a free tutorial that i have for those who want to start this stuff out as a hobby, it's everything you need to know. For those of you who want to get more serious, it is the absolutely the first foundation of the principles of podcasting and, and how to take this on professionally. This is my full-time career. Stephanie and I have created an entire business around podcasting, creating content, building a community of people around the world. We want you to check out our network at gspn.tv. If you click on show descriptions, you'll see that we have many other shows. If after 46 episodes, you're not sick and tired of hearing our voices, maybe you can check out some of the other shows that Stephanie and I produce. Uh, We have lots of them about many different topics. So, Stephanie, anything else you wanted to share? No. Tell, tell everybody about Authentic Life Radio. Authentic Life Radio is um, a podcast that I do with my um, best friend, Sarah Rader. And we talk very authentically about what's going on in our lives. It, it's very real. Um, that's really the only description that I know to give it. And um, it is For women, it was, is a great podcast because I'm sure that most women will find themselves relating very well to Stephanie and Sarah. 
I happen to know that myself included and many men around the world also enjoy listening to Authentic Life Radio. Sometimes we have more male listeners than women. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the reason that is is because it gives a wonderful insight into the way the the day-to-day lives of women in our lives. And so I really enjoy listening to it for that to get a, a, a different perspective on the way you guys process the things that happen in your life. So mm-hmm. that's AuthenticLifeRadio.com. That is just an example of other shows that we do here at gspn.tv. Again, LearnHowToPodcast.com. That's a part of my business brand. My business is PodcastAnswerMan.com. But LearnHowToPodcast.com is where you can go to learn how to podcast. And of course, gspn.tv is where you'll find the rest of our shows. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor.